And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. Hello? Is this thing on? Hey. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, Danny Ratliff. Danny Ratliff, Danny Ratliff is like the, uh, I'm yelling, he's like Powell. He's always here like going, shut up, Janet. I don't want to hear you anymore. And I'm not going to lower rates. You got to lower rates. Pivot, pivot. I'm not pivoting. And shut up. But we're back. And we're here. Man, look, you got it out of the way. You already got a two for today. You got Jerome Powell and Janet yelling in. Jerome Powell sounds like a ghoul. Um, I... It's like us after Brent, a week. Don't laugh. You're just encouraging this. <laughs> yeah, Brett, you're just adding, like, vitamin B to my pestiness. In the context of everything else that's going on in the world today, this Listen, is you perfect. Ha- I was thinking about this today. Like, how do you remain healthy? Do you ever see that test, the longevity test, which I'm failing miserably, and I work out consistently? i got to see if Lance can do this, but you sit cross, you sit down, cross-legged, and then you have to get up from the sitting position on the floor. You have to get up without using your knees and your hands. And I'm crawling around like a two-year-old to try to get up. And Brent's down there. Can you get up from that position, Brent? I can't. I mean, literally just lift yourself up. Help me. I've fallen. I can't get up. Brent's already dead based on the test. How are we taking this test? You've expired. So I can do it halfway, but I cannot. So this is a, Mm -hmm. this is a, it's a very well-known broadcasted kind of longevity test, but it's hard. It's hard. I don't even know if. Younger people can do it because you have to sit cross-legged, go down cross-legged, and then come back up straight without any kind of assistance yeah. but your legs. You're pushing on your ankles. Look at look at Danny. I'm about to try. <laughs> Danny's going to try it while we... Th- you, in- will, you will blow out your knee again. Ah, I got two bad ones, but I bet I can do it. Let's run. All right, all right. Let's, let's hold Maybe on. Maybe we should save this for the break. Let's yeah, let's this. save it for the no, break no, because no. he may not get up. No, I'll get up. Let's get this on camera. Can you get life alert? I've fallen, and I can't get up. Yelling sounds like that woman, that, that commercial. <laughs> That's her stunt double. You know, every, woman I, every woman sounds like yelling. You're going to try to do it? Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, while Danny is doing that, Dow Futures are up 130 points because he might be on the floor. You, yeah, you got, he can't even cross his legs. He <laughs> might be on the floor for a while. Dow Futures are up 130. You did it. Ah, oh, look at that. Still got it. Wow. With two bad knees. Longevity, man. That, that, now that, see, they say that's a sign of longevity. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to recover from that for about no, three hours. No, good. Yeah, okay. We'll have you do that six times through the show. See how it goes. <laughs> but that's not easy. I mean, even though you did it, was it easy? It wasn't bad. Oh. <laughs> In our next segment, our Danny next segment. will do 50 push-ups. Yep. <laughs> oh, I can knock that out, no problem. Oh man, did it did it move your Jimmy John underwear? <laughs> <laughs> the the, 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 the a, Lance sandwich, is that a sandwich in your pocket or are you happy to see me? Oh my. Mr. Roberts. 
I, I want to tell you, when I'm listening to the show, if you all listen to the show and during the week, and they're talking about how expensive underwear is, and that is serious. I mean, you, should need, you need a planning budget category for underwear. Well, no wonder they're doing layaway slash you can finance your underwear. You can finance anything. You can finance a dog. Like, you ever see people that have to finance dogs? Like, if you can't pay for the dog, then you wind up paying like a 19% interest rate and paying up for the dog over six years. You've got to make sure the dog lives long enough. I mean, everything is well, a payment today. How much of dogs... How expensive have they become now? I mean, that's the problem, too. Well, you just go to their shelter. Yeah. But I'm saying, every to your point, you were making the point that everything's a payment. Right? I still go for the Fruit of the Looms. And those are not cheap. But Jimmy John's are very expensive. Especially if you want cheese and lettuce in your Jimmy John's. So when he said that, I was drinking coffee. <laughs> and my... My do- I was looking out the wi- the yeah. uh, the panes on the glass to the doors outside in the yard. My, you should see what that looked like. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, you know one of my and favorite you were a great straight do. man through the whole thing. You're like, um, Lance, Papa, Grandpa. I looked Sam. over at him, and we just kind of locked eyes. <laughs> well, you know, one of my favorite things to do is correct Lance. Because I know it drives him bonkers. No, but you do that sometimes because you know what's going to happen when he says something in the financial planning realm. Like he's oh yeah, he's in a world, he's in a forest he shouldn't be, and he'll say something, and all the trees in the forest, all the birds escape because it, a terror is about to hit, and you have to correct him before you and I get barraged with questions. So I appreciate that. Well, it, the best part uh, is that you know he's. Googling like a madman there right after, like, wait a second, you're wrong. I'm like, no, no, no. You're wrong about Hang Jimmy on. Jones? Oh, no, when you talk about your yeah, taxes planning. and all yeah, your yeah. other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 yeah. But Jimmy Johns, I had to let that roll for a minute. Yeah, but you were a great straight man through it. You just let him sort of mire in the sandwich. You know, he was, you know. And then I was hungry. So I was laughing, but then I was hungry. I didn't know what I was feeling. Um, I will tell you, though, men, if we can still say that word, um, you want to buy any kind of active wear for your wonderful wife or significant other, go to Tommy John's. They'll love them. I mean, you may have to give up something like a kidney to pay for it, but you will, you will like them. You're going to want to wait for a sale, but yeah. 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 So you can get 20% off if you're a first time buyer and all that. But you might be a little bit in shock (laughs) by prices. But you know what happens? Here's the funny thing about inflation. And uh, John Authors wrote a great, uh, no, Greg Ipp wrote a great piece about this. When people start getting used to it, in other words, if, if, if the first shock of paying 100 bucks for athletic shorts or pants or whatever, and then you start going, oh, wait, I did that, and this seemed okay. That, there's a danger with getting used to making that higher sale or dealing with inflation, and you don't know what kind of financial bind you're putting yourself into any over time, right? It's that trickle effect, right? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I see why these are 100 bucks, but I need them in every color now. So now I'm spending $600, and I'm getting constantly, I'm getting emails from Tommy John. Like Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Puppy Day. It's like pajamagram. That was the same thing. Now everybody has to have pajamas. The cat, the dog, 
everything has to have pajamas to it. The Velcro. It's the Velcro yeah, thing, right? Yeah, I, yeah. You can't just buy one set of pajamas. You have to buy the, the Thanksgiving pajamas, the Christmas pajamas, the Mother's Day pajamas. The, I mean. So Jimmy John's is the new edible underwear. Is, <laughs> I'm not even going there. I think you're, um, you passed Zone D Erotica on the way here, didn't you? <laughs> Get yourself a sandwich. Um, that was a whole segment we just blew on absolutely nothing. Because it's Friday, and we will get back to business in the next half. But check it out. Not Jimmy John. Later, that's for lunch. Tommy John for your significant, wonderful wife, mother, sister. Maybe yourself. We'll be right back. news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Why, Red, whatever are we going to do over this hot, lazy summer? Don't you worry, little darling. We going to break our money malaise. Don't let the summer doldrums sap your money's worth. Register for our next Candid Coffee with Danny Ratcliffe and Richard Rosso with summertime tips for your idle cash. Saturday, June 3rd. It's our half-year financial checkup, breaking your money malaise this summer. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Candid Coffee with Ratcliffe and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Welcome to Mr. Jimmy John's on YouTube, Lance Roberts. So Mrs. Roberts, when I see her and she doesn't try to avoid me in the hall downstairs in the building, she tries to go the other Preface way. Preface that really Mrs. good. Mrs. Roberts, Mrs. Roberts, Mrs. Roberts. Oh, dang it. Dang it. But she had a really nice bag. And I said, that's a great bag. She says, yeah, you need to get it for Amy. I said, okay. Like, I didn't have a choice. Like, Is this you, the one that McColl bought? Uh for Lance years ago? No, I don't think so. This is a really nice bag, though, because Mrs. Roberts has a lot of taste. Not not men, but everything else. So, um, the... Um, You're going to give Lance a ooh. complex this morning. No, I love Lance. He's like a, he's like the brother you... Like, don't brothers, they go... Yeah. And then, you, then the other brother gets beat up, which is coming for me. Um, <clears throat> I don't even know where I was going with this, but there was a point to my... My madness. So a nice bag. Yeah, so nice bag. Uh, and I got nothing. I, I'll, I'll come back to it. Um, there, is a, there was a point to this, and I'm off the trail. Man, I'm, I'm gone. So today, I think we, the most important thing, Danny, it's not the debt issue. It's none of that. It's regional banks, right? So we have seen shares in PacWest and Western Alliance are rising in pre-market trade. So... So goes regional banks. So goes the market. <clears throat> so I, I am not, we get a lot of calls from clients about the debt issue, the debt ceiling, you know, the default. Lance has done a great job, Michael, writing pieces about, listen, you got to step back and understand 
that you're not going to make a portfolio decision based on this. A default is totally different than, oh gosh, we didn't make the payment. We've got the money for the payment. We're just arguing over who is going to hit the button. All right. The default is we're not going to pay the debt. That's not going to happen. Okay. That that's just not. So most of the noise in the market is going to be what the focus is, and that's regional banks, inflation, the Fed, nothing has changed. So just keep that in mind. So I have people that will call and they'll say, hey, you want to make a decision on, I got to make a decision because there's going to be a debt default. So I have to change my portfolio. That's a terrible idea, Danny, to use any kind of news. Now, I understand if you own a lot of regional banks in your portfolio, you would be concerned. And then you have to really even then step back and say, do you really want to sell in the bloodbath? Is every regional bank going under? And we know that's not the case. What do you think? No, I think that's a great um, topic, really, because I think we're getting a lot of a, a lot of concern over it. But <clears throat> rightfully so. Look, you open up the newspaper, yeah. uh, any website. This is one of the top headlines. And right, you know, it, this should be. There's a lot of information about it, but it also garners a lot of clicks. We have to be very careful to invest on headline news because what is it? It's typically just that headline. Now, historically, these guys have always gone and and they've they've gotten this done, right? And so I think that the big picture here is that what does this actually mean? What happens if we we default? And what are the chances of that happening? I think that because of all the news that we're getting and, oh, you know, they can't come to an agreement. Mm -hmm. They postponed a meeting this week to next week. Um, that people are feeling like this is not going to get done. And there's a lot of hyperbole around this, right? Yeah. I think there's going to be even more so. I think so, too. Oh, whatever, Brad. Hyperbole. Yeah, I know. Hyperperbole. Hey, man, I've had a deal with him for the last 21 minutes. <laughs> All right? Listen, his brain has gone numb. Yeah. And so if his hyperbole is yeah. another color, yeah. we got to just work with it. Because now I can go minute. into a whole discussion about the Barbie, okay, the purple so, dinosaur, and we're not going to do yeah, that. So, but, but I think that uh -huh. there, there's a lot of issues with that. So people are asking, what are you guys doing from a portfolio standpoint? I think yeah. that, you know, a lot of this has been done. We're you know, still sitting on cash, cash alternatives, looking at treasuries, looking for other opportunities within the fixed income market. There's going to be some volatility surrounding rates, especially leading up to this. Yes. So there's going to be opportunity here. So I see this more as a glass half full than, than empty. I agree. I agree. I, I even think that of some of the banks, you got to remember there's a bigger issue going on with banks. There's a crisis of confidence in banks. But don't you think, Danny, overall, there's a crisis of confidence in almost every institution? How's there not? In the United States. Yeah. We don't trust anything. And, and in some cases, I think it's, it's absolutely warranted, right? So it makes sense that this is a tinderbox, and it grows into something much bigger, right? You get a small fire and it turns into a raging fire. And you don't want to burn out your portfolio because of it. Because one thing that markets will do is shift faster than how you feel. In other words, there's a, there's a crisis of confidence in banks. And the market's going, yeah, 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 I'm worried about it until the next birdie comes flying through by the window and... It diverts the attention. The market's like me, Lance. It's got HDDDH. That's the stuff you spray on mosquitoes. 
uh, to kill them, isn't that, Brent? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, markets are not going to focus on this stuff for long. It's going to move on. What do they say? Investors look through the windshield. Danny, like, in other words, well, whatever is the passing the rear view mirror, typically, short right? We're term, looking right? backwards, and, yeah. and then very short-term instead of looking out to the future, and that's the biggest issue, I think. Yeah. And that's what we have to be mindful of in this environment as well because all the information that we're getting is in the past, and a lot of times the market's going to be looking much further out, six, nine months. If you're talking about it now, right? The market yeah. knows it. Correct. It's like with this whole AI thing. Down. Everybody now, before it was Bitcoin, 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 there's a comic that this guy walks into it. There's an office building. They're on the high rise or in the middle, like in the middle of this huge building. And the guy walks into the office and everybody's looking at this guy. And all they're saying in the bubble above their heads, Bitcoin, 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 Bitcoin. So the guy walks to the window and jumps. And everybody looks up, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. In other words, the guy is so inundated with Bitcoin and everybody talking about it. Now you can just replace that bubble with AI. Everybody is talking about AI. And I will tell you, Wall Street is an amazing marketing machine. Every other commercial is an AI or AI-like ETF. Because that's their goal. Sell you product. That doesn't mean you can't make money off of it. But nothing, you, you can't get lucky in the short term, but you got to do your homework. And, and there are people that are going to look at, there are going to be astute investors, Danny, that are going to look at regional banks and say, you know what? Not every bank's going out of business. Maybe I have some money here and I'm going to dip into some of these stocks because there's blood in the streets. I understand there's a lot of risk and volatility and I have to have rules and all that good stuff. But there are some people that are amazing, even during the financial crisis, I remember, that were buying up shares while other people were selling. Because they're like, listen, if Exxon's going out of business, if Kraft Heinz is going out of business, if Procter & Gamble's going out of business, what does it matter anyway? Yeah, we're all in trouble. So I'm going to go ahead, and if I have $10,000, I'm going to put 3000 here, 3000 here, 3000 here. If I lose it, there's something even bigger going on, because if all these big institutions go under, then my money's not worth anything anyway. So do I think in 10 years that Exxon's coming back and Procter & Gamble are coming back? So, and Lance talks about this as well, is if there is a recession, and who knows, I feel like we're living in a depression. I'm very depressed. Um, you're going to see, when we want to switch to stocks, most of our clients are probably going to say, are you crazy? You're buying stocks here? Sometimes you have to have that intestinal fortitude and look ahead. And I'm not talking about taking excess risk and gambling with it, but sometimes you do have to take or make that or take that opportunity. But it's all how you're how you are wired. There are some people that understand their lizard brain and understand their emotions and understand that if they sell at the very wrong time or when everything's getting thrown out, then it's not a problem with an individual holding, it's the psychology of the market. And do I want to buck that trend? It's very fascinating. No, I think it is, and that's, that's where the human behavior comes in, that it makes it so difficult. We typically want to get out of things when they're doing really poorly. We want to get into them when they're doing really well, and unfortunately, it's just not the recipe for success with investing. And we, that's the part, I think, that is so extremely difficult. There are difficult. positions. How many times, Danny, there are positions that we have in the portfolio, and fundamentally, they're very solid. 
Um, but technically, they're sort of breaking down a little bit. And everybody will call, yeah, Lance is breaking his own rules again. No, he's not. What he's looking at is there's going to be some part of our portfolios that we see the value. And we know eventually the market's going to see the value. So we keep the positions measured, right? We keep the bleeding to a measured degree. And then once things have bottomed out a little bit in some of these positions, we'll add money to them. That's what investors do. That's what good investors do. You're not buying into a value trap and buying into junk. You're just seeing that there's value that needs to be unlocked. So I'm going to take some part of my portfolio and I'm going to look at it. Paul McCullough, I don't know if you remember Paul McCullough, he used to work for PIMCO. Now he's got this long beard and he looks like a hippie dude, but he used to write some of the best stuff, better, um, you know, better than almost anybody else at PIMCO. Better than Bill Gross. He was like, he had this philosophical way of writing and he says most investors can't buy value because they want, you, they want to plant a tree to grow into a bigger tree. But they not many of them want to grow a seed, put a seed in the ground and wait and get an even better tree down the road. And I thought that, wow, that that's sort of how investors work, right? I want this big tree that's already grown. I want it, but I want that. I don't want to have this seed in the ground and wait and wait. And he says that is what most people can't do, and that's what they should do. All right, when we turn, we're going to talk about the best states, U.S. states for retirement. We're not in one, according to Visual Capitalist. When we get back, Ed Wallet Hope. Stay tuned. blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. Candid Coffee, Saturday, June 3rd, 8 o'clock. Money-saving tips for summer rebalancing your finances, what to do with idle cash, planning ahead. So, you know, it just feels like the market's in this muck. It's all mucked up. But that doesn't mean your money has to be. So our Candid Coffee, sign up at realinvestmentadvice.com. Maybe you're doing something financially different that's getting you out of the malaise let us know we'd like to talk about it as well so that's coming up so uh wallet hub ranked each state using 47 metrics <clears throat> and they use three dimensions right they're using affordability quality of life health care so affordability is cost of living and taxes quality of life quality of elder abuse protections and crime rates health care Oh, Detroit's not on this? Okay. Uh, number of health professionals per capita and life expectancy. So that's each state. Be interesting if they could rank cities as well. 
So, ranked number one, Virginia. Always, Virginia always consistently comes up on these things. So if you break it down, visual capitalists broke it down. Also very interesting. So Virginia, number one. What do you think about these ratings? Florida, number two. Colorado. Wyoming, which I also would move to in a shot. Um, Tennessee was up there in many, in many ways. So uh, Virginia, they're saying, is currently the what was the old, what was the old motto from the 70s? I think the governor. Oh, Virginia is for lovers. Virginia is for yes. lovers. Mm-hmm. Now it's for old people. <laughs> it could still for, be a lover. It could still be a lover. Yeah. Uh, that's so. Also, second place, Florida, quality of life and affordability, but falls behind in terms of health care. That sort of surprises me with the number of older Americans in Florida that you got to pick up the pace with uh, health care. Yeah, I have a hard, I have a hard time. On some of these things, like if you look at Texas, for instance, I mean, yeah. obviously that's easy for us, but uh, healthcare rank was 34 when you have the medical center and like really like two of them. But they're also are looking at lifestyle in there. And I don't think many people in Texas are in the like Colorado. You're always outdoors here. You know, unless I'm walking to the barbecue place. I mean, what am I? What kind of exercise? You get me? Yeah, but this is number of health professionals per capita and life expectancy. Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, also Texas is a pretty big state, like you said. So healthcare yeah, could be very areas. clustered, yeah. and we do see a lot of issues in rural areas with many things, uh, drug abuse and so forth. So maybe that took. Although I do love Texas small towns, you do if you are ill, you know you're not you're going to have to go to a a bigger city uh, to go ahead and get your your care taken care of. But once you're there, you get some of the best care ever, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. So um, we, there are people that will want to, that will want to move um, once they retire. Now, I don't see that too much in Texas, except maybe I'm moving from one part of Texas to another part of Texas, um, or I'm downsizing. But I would say if I'm in some of these northern states where I'm getting taxed to death, if I'm on the coast, even though it's beautiful, I mean, can I really afford it? From a retirement perspective, what would my quality of life be if I could lower my taxes? Uh, there are certain states that don't tax Social Security as well. So you have to look at this as a retiree saying it's all about cash flow, all about cash flow. Yeah, you need growth. That's important. But cash flow is the lifeblood of retirement. So anything that I can do longer term to increase my cash flow, some people have to make these decisions. Uh, to do so. And, you know, there are a lot of people that have downsized dramatically and have moved and have made big changes and have better quality of life. Takes a lot of work. Yeah, no, it does. And I I think that, you know, a lot of times our plans change over time, especially with the economy changing, how different areas have changed. You know, I think here in Texas, especially down here in Houston, we have a lot of clients who thought, I'm going to move to the Hill Country, retire there. And now it's become unaffordable. So they're going to other areas and other states if they still want to kind of get out and away from the bigger cities into like kind of a hilly, beautiful area. You know, they're going to Arkansas. They're going to other places that they would have never thought. It didn't even register on the map previously. But we're beginning to yeah. see more and more people trying to make those changes um, to downgrade or downsize, excuse me, um, spend less. 
but still maintained some, you know, some of the things that they were looking for in retirement. I read a story yesterday. This is about a younger couple with two children. They inherited land from their grandfather in uh, Fredericksburg, just of three or four acres. And there was an old shack on the property, like about 800 square feet. And they show how they took this old shack and turned it into a home for four of them using reclaimed wood. Uh, yeah, they had to have electricians come in and do all that kind of stuff, but they use a lot of the product available on the, on the land that you may have trashed, yeah. like an old barn door. Danny, it was, it was like, it looked a lot bigger. And it's amazing what people are creating in these smaller spaces to live better. And then you got all these acres as your play, these kids have as a playground, right? How amazing. I would have loved to have grown up like that. You know, as opposed to seeing picking their no- people picking their nose on the F train through my bedroom window. I mean, I would have loved to have seen that. You know, I mean, going out there. So people are, whether they're younger or older, they're understanding that a primary residence, and Lance talks about this when you're on Wednesdays, talk about it is not an investment. It's an expense. I understand your house might grow by the rate of inflation. But once you put all the stuff into it, it's, I mean, it, maybe it's an investment because it's, you spend so much on it. I love when you hear these automobile commercials, like for BMW. Mm-hmm. If you're going to invest in a BMW. Uh, I'm not investing in an automobile. As soon as I drive that darn thing off the lot, it's dropped at least 10% in value. So using the word investment doesn't work for me just because I paid a lot of money for it. So I, I never really think that, maybe when we were younger, but when people post on Facebook, oh, I got, the, you know, like it's like a status symbol. You're buying these high-end foreign cars, mm-hmm. and all I see is how much is it to maintain that thing? Money flying out the door. Money flying, like yeah. burning money, burning it. Uh, and, and again, everybody has a different preference for spending money, but the status symbol thing, not good. So overall, everybody's going to have a different preference when it comes to where to retire. But I think what's important about this piece, Danny, there are metrics in here that you do need to consider overall. Yeah, but I think, I think we're beginning to see more and more people do so as they move or they're thinking about it. Like, where do you retire? Looking at taxes, looking at lifestyle. Where can they go to still remain active, vital? Do they have other people with similar types of um, you know, uh, wants and needs, right. people that right. are that are going to be like-minded that want to get out and, and do certain things. Do you want to go hike? Do you want to ride bikes? Do you want to play golf? Do you want to play tennis or pickleball? I mean, just little stuff like that, right? That the people are beginning well, to say, hey, yeah. I can do those things, but where can I do those at a much you know easier? That's the, I mean, I, I, I love Texas as a state. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like the whole feel of Texas. But man, it is not a place... Like, you get those days where you can do really cool stuff outdoors, and you're like, oh, my gosh. You treasure those days. Yeah. But there are people that want to go through that every day. Like, they want to make sure they can go out or at least a good part of the year and hike and do all these things because they're physically active. And I'm always for one that wants to move to someplace, especially older Americans, and they want to stay physically active. Every book I read on longevity, every book I read on health, moving as far as activity, yep. not being sedentary, 
is one of the most important things you're going to do. At the end of the show, we're going uh, to have uh, Danny go ahead and try to get up again. Sit down and get up. Um, so some states, you can do it pretty much year-round. I have people who live and move to Colorado to do this, and even in the winter, they get out there and do it because it's, it's not that bad. Like It's not like they can't go out there and get do their activities and they can go to the mountains in the fall and the, and the summer and the summer is beautiful, right? So it all depends on what you want to do. So what you have to remember in your financial plan, you got to do the comparison. You got to look at the state you live in, the state you're going to move to, and guess what? That can affect the probability of success in your plan based on taxes. So Maybe you want to move to a state that's more expensive because it has mountains and it has all this stuff. Well, what are you going to give up? Well, you know what? We're not going to go out to eat as much. We're going to do and we're going to hike more. We're going to do things that don't cost as much money. Okay. Good. That's fine. Because if you're going to put your physical health at the top of the list, I am going to be more than happy to help you plan to get to that place. Because I know you're going to live... Not only longer, but just healthier in retirement. Better quality of life. Betty, better, 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 better quality. When we get back, we're going to talk about money and mental health. They are inseparable. Stay tuned. Life is an illusion. Can't you see that love is everywhere? Step into the confusion. Can't you hear the sound that's in the air? daily investment news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com honey are you happy to see me or is there a meteorite in the bedroom <clears throat> there is a meteorite Crash into a New Jersey bedroom. Talk about excitement. <laughs> Things are falling from the sky, Brent. <laughs> Got to be careful. You just never know. Death by meteorite. <laughs> that's probably the most exciting thing that's happened in that bedroom. Meteorite. What are the uh, odds? <laughs> might be playing the lottery. So what we always talk about, we've written a few pieces on um, financial wellness and mental health because they're inseparable. And um, you got to look at cognitive and behavioral health issues that um, can affect how you make decisions with money, right? So there are people that have had uh, tumultuous uh, childhoods and personal experiences, and that winds up affecting their money decisions, right? So 
when you look at studies out there, uh, you could see that mental health problems make it harder to earn money, manage money, spend and asking for help. You get this financial difficulty, then that difficulty causes stress, and then it creates more mental health problems. And, you know, Danny, I mean, since the pandemic and the way we handled it so terribly, mental health issues, drug abuse, these are lots of problems that are that are affecting, again, not only people, but their finances. So when you look at that, the Money and uh, Mental Health Policy Institute, which I think it's great that there is an institute that melds these things, the poor finances, as we know, lead to stress and anxiety, and that further impacts finances. So it says nearly half, 46% of people with debt, also have mental health diagnosis. The majority, 86% of people with mental health issues and debt, say that their debt makes their mental health issues worse. And people with depression and problem debt are 4.2% more likely to still have depression at 18 months compared to their counterparts without debt. And those with debt are three times more likely to contemplate suicide due to that debt. And we know that money is a major source of stress. That's why we talk about you want to have financial mental security, right? We want to reduce financial vulnerability, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a debt tornado. I mean, just picture it just coming around in a circle. Um, the more debt you get in, the more stressed you're going to be, the less likely you're going to be able to perform. Even if you're mentally healthy, top right? Notch. Yeah, you're not yep. going to perform as well at your job and yeah. other things in life. And it just makes the problem worse and worse. So it, it is so important to really build the foundation financially as you progress through life to yeah, I think that's going to help. Look, there's mm-hmm. going to be mental health issues regardless. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something. You have crazy family. Um, you're going to have messed up work. Danny Life's told us about happen. his crazy family, but not on his side. <coughs> so I know. I mean, go ahead. I don't want to get Danny living in the doghouse over the weekend. Ooh, hey, hey, hey! I didn't say that. He's I don't lying. Know what you were talking yeah. about? Perfect. No, uh, but but I think everybody has to deal with something, mm-hmm. and so that's the important thing to remember that you know we're going to have to overcome challenges, but. If we can at least begin to set the foundation from a financial standpoint, and Lance does a really good job when we get people that write in and say, hey, I've got this money, I want to invest it. He says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, hold on. You said that your, your main goal was to purchase a home or right. to go do X, Y, Z. You need to do that first, then build your emergency savings. Then mm-hmm. we can talk about mm-hmm. doing that. And I think that it's so easy to put the cart before the horse, and that's where we get in trouble because then – we didn't address things properly, and then that makes the stress even worse when it something does. bad does happen. Because even if you are mentally healthy and manage to overspend or be too much debt, living above your means, it's going to break you a bit. Finding an empathetic financial advisor, someone who can really step into your shoes and not, not judge you for it, right? Because everybody goes through something. What do we always talk about our financial plans, Danny? Life gets in the way, and everything you see out there in financial media is, oh, yeah, no, just save for 30 years, uninterrupted, everything's fine. No, that's not how real life works. So if you can help clients get through the, in other words, there's mental clutter, and then there's clutter, actual physical paper clutter and all that. So if you can get will work with someone to face that demon and go through the clutter, empower them, 
create budgets, help them come up with a strategy to reduce debt, get important documents in order, create order in their life, that also will help alleviate some of the mental health issues, not only that you may have, but also what the debt might have caused down the road. Well, it's, it's organization of finances and priorities and things that are, are really important to you. It's just like, like I'll tell you this, like we, uh-huh. we're, we've been going through some things at the house that kind of had an issue with the leak, caused us to have to do a remodel. And when things are disarray, like Michelle and I are like, we can't operate like this. No, I hate we that. Need I am to, like We the need same to get our act in order because then, yeah. you know, you have that thing just kind of lingering. And it becomes stressful over it time. It does. And think about your financial life in that kind of disarray. Correct. I mean, Danny now has like a Garth. Uh, Darth Vader um, office. It's all painted. What color is it? Green, black, no, blue, slate. Looks nice on. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I like, like it. Cosmic space. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Watch out for meteorites. Darth Vader was appropriate. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to just be the bookshelf, and then, you know, at the next can of coffee, you're gonna hear this. <laughs> Danny is going to be in his Darth Vader mask. Welcome, everybody. We are in the Death Star. I can't breathe. So um, that's what we're going to see at the. We're going to hear at the next one. So stay tuned and tune in to Candy Coffee and watch that because that's going to be fun. But you're right. If there's clutter in your house, I'm the same way, Danny. I I don't like disorder. Um, and if if something's out of place or things are out of place, it creates that problem. So you have to help someone that's going through some mental distress, partially because they have money issues, is to face the issues. And they might have, not only that, you might find something, some really, I've, I've done this with people, and I have found some jewels of ways for people to empower themselves that have made things a lot better, a lot better. So in the future, this is what I believe, Danny, maybe you'll be here and at the point where you can't get up off the floor. Your financial advisor is going to have some training in health and wellness and helping you understand also how your lifestyle affects the quality of your plan and the quality of your life in retirement or reaching any goals that you have. When clients come and they have this budget issue and they have, they have a, they, when people want to cut, they want to cut expenses, mm-hmm. right? They go, oh, yeah, yeah, cutting out the cable, cutting out this, cutting out the gym. I'm like, no, we're not cutting the gym. You got to go to the gym. You've got to go out there and do that, right? You're not going to go and buy more processed foods because it's cheaper. You're going to find ways to maybe eat a little less healthy and make it more healthier options. So as financial advisors, Danny, we have tough conversations with clients because we want them to have financial, better financial outcomes. And we have to feel comfortable going there or bringing up the topic because we're not judging anybody for where they are. We want to help be partners with them to get them to a better place. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be an expert. You got to listen 
you got to be willing to have that person share with you their concerns. I just got a new client recently, and she's always been petrified of making her own financial decisions. She's a wonderful woman. She's got a lot of concerns. I see her send me emails now, Danny. I'm shocked. I'm shocked at how she has embraced the empowerment of asking questions, Mm -hmm. consolidating accounts. She says, this is what I asked them at Vanguard. This is what I asked them, and this is what they came back to me. And I sent her an email that said, I am blown away. You came to me having very little confidence in anything you could do financially. And I didn't even think of some of the things that you're asking. Wow, that's great. So to see somebody jump that, and just because you listened and helped them understand that they do have a better handle on things than they think, that objective view and then encouragement and then validation, I will tell you, that's one of the best parts of my job. So to see this woman who I thought had really, she wasn't giving herself enough credit and I gave her the confidence to say, no, these are great questions. And then when she starts taking charge on her own in the way her thought process are going, I was thoroughly blown away. That's the sign of not, not bat- patting myself on the back by any means. A financial advisor that encourages you, empowers you, and looks at and can find things in you that you cannot see in yourself. And that is so incredibly important. Yep, I agree. All right, next week, Jimmy John is back. I mean, Lance Roberts. Go ahead and sign up for Saturday, June 3rd, 8 o'clock before you start today. Breaking your money malaise. We're Jimmy gonna... John's, if you're listening, I'll take a number nine, please. Yeah. 11 a.m. What's the nine? I don't know. Oh, I'll take one of those, too. Take the Ava- beach club turkey with avocado. Mmm. Pretty good. We're going to Jimmy John's. See you next week.